0: Hello and welcome to the Red Mountain Community Church podcast, where you can hear conversations with the people of Red Mountain Community Church as we pursue Jesus together. Each episode highlights what God is doing in someone's life or a specific theme in light of what God has revealed in the Bible. I'm Peter Franson from Spirit Blade Productions and your fellow seat warmer at Red Mountain Community Church. My co host today is Becky Biebelheimer, our pastor of children's ministry. Thanks for doing this, Becky. Sure. It's a pleasure. Uh, okay. I have to ask your, your last name, Bibelheimer. Do you happen to know, like, the etymology, like, the origin? I assume it's German. Are you from a long line of, like, Bible harmers or something? Or what is that? Do you know so what
1: that means? So, my uh, husband uh, was German, and um, it means Bible in the home.
0: In the home. Heimer oh. is home. Oh, my gosh.
1: Biebel is Bible.
0: Is that Bible you, in the home. Is that how you knew that you should marry him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know that at the time. There were other things. <laughs> All right, so let's get to uh, what has been called by uh, Arian Rossi, who I guess is kind of our functioning producer of the show, The Irresistible Question. This is becoming a bit of a tradition. Um, and the question this time is, what mundane talent or skill do you have that you would brag about if given the chance. I'm going to modify that a little bit because I I don't see in your personality someone who would like is just itching for the chance to brag. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's let's modify that. What mundane talent or skill do you have that you would maybe talk about or exercise if given the opportunity?
1: Okay, so um, it's very mundane, but packing and unpacking. So if someone oh. is moving to a new home and The moving van unloads all of their boxes and treasures. I think that I'm good at putting those away and organizing their home.
0: That is valuable. That is valuable. It's a bit like, uh, well, I guess it's a little bit different. We we call, um, like, loading into the back of a car like a game of Tetris. Mm. I suppose it's like... Little, but that's a good skill to have.
1: That is a good skill. I don't have that skill. Oh, no, I meant your skill. Your <laughs> oh, skill, like packing
0: and unpacking. There's like, an, There's like I haven't played it, but there's like a whole video game, I think, it's that's about unpacking and setting things up in a room, you know? And uh, so I, does, do you find that to be, in addition to it being a skill, do you find a sense of satisfaction from Very doing that? Very much
1: so, especially if there's ample space.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So, uh, yeah, if there's... A place for everything, and then I can put it there and organize it. Oh, yeah. It's very satisfying to the point, funnily enough, that I like to stand there and kind of look at it for a while and survey. Doesn't that look fine? (laughs) Do
0: you take any pictures?
1: No, no. No. I don't go that
0: far. (laughs) So it sounds like maybe if you were to lean uh, toward one or the other, you would prefer the unpacking to the packing? Uh,
1: The unpacking, yes. Yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that'd be that'd be
1: my uh, joy.
0: All right. Well, let me know next time you're gonna travel, and I'll just think to myself, "Oh, she's having a, a happy moment at some point in that whole endeavor." <laughs> I don't. Um, I was puzzling over this. I really don't think I have a good answer to this. Mundane talent or skill? Do you have that you would talk about? If you're, I mean, like, I I feel like. Oh, any skills I have are I'm I'm kind of like putting to I already have opportunity to exercise them or talk about them. Like for me, it's gonna be not quite as mundane, but like just stupid dorky knowledge of nerd subjects, I guess, would be something that it's it's not quite a skill, <laughs> unless you're on some kind of a nerd game show or something. But there are definitely Parts, parts of my knowledge I've acquired over the year, years uh, on substanceless, meaningless, valueless things <laughs> <laughs> that if the right person opened the door, I will jump on it in a very socially awkward manner. And you're going to launch into it. Uh, just Well, you're not going to launch into anything. I'm going to launch into something and you're going to be subjected to it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I talk for a while on... Uh, Who knows what? Anyway.
1: A sample subject would be...
0: Oh, like the Green Lantern Corps and various members and the the organization of the Green Lantern Corps and their history, which Green Lantern is a comic book character. (laughs) So like things related to the DC universe. Or I could talk about the minutiae of... uh, Monster Hunter World, which I have like since 2019 put uh, over 850 hours into. It's it's a hobby in itself. So
1: some of us might be glazed <laughs> yes, over. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. But others.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. If, if you if, find that
0: right if, person. If I get with my crew, you know. There you go. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, anyway, earlier today, Becky and I spent some time talking with Joey Bonds, Um, really a great conversation about her recent, I guess, renewed emphasis, her renewed trust in Jesus in her life and what that meant to her as she struggled through the journey toward sobriety. Um, Really enjoyed hearing her story. Here's that conversation now. All right. Well, Joey, thanks for doing this. Your 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 longer name is uh, Joanna. Do you do you say it? I've I've never asked anybody this before because I don't usually see the spelling J O H A N N A. Is that pronounced Johanna or Johanna or like what's how does that? Johanna
2: properly... Maria Christiansen.
0: Really seriously oh. is my
2: my full birth name wow. and for those of you old enough to remember bubble sheets in high school. When we took tests, you had to fill out your name in bubble sheets. It was Christensen Joha, because it would never fit, because Christensen (laughs) was so long. So uh, growing up, though, I was never Johanna. My mother would call me Johanna when I was in trouble. My brother, who whippies at me, would call me Johanna. But if anybody else called me Johanna, let me tell you, it was not good. Okay, I was was a tomboy, and it was Joey. Okay, Not Jody. Swedish, Swedish, Norwegian. Um, Both my parents uh, parents were immigrants, so.
0: Okay. Wow. I have a little
2: German, uh, there's a little, yeah, pretty much Scandinavian. Okay. So.
0: Yep. I've, I come from Scandinavian, whatever, majigger, uh, mm-hmm. as well. And
2: Melting pot. Yeah.
0: Do you really? Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, so, uh, I want to just get into kind of like your story, but start a little bit with, uh, kind of some background I, I was told that you came to faith in Jesus somewhat recently i don't know what recently means but uh, what um, uh, maybe before we get into specifically like how you came to faith um, could or, or is it was it a moment or a time that you can identify um...
2: not really um I kind of um, my mother had been a very spiritual person and my father and her uh raised my other siblings in the church, and okay. I was the youngest of five, with a seven-year break. Okay. So the four of my older siblings had gone to Methodist Church that my parents had helped to start. Okay. Um, back in the Chicagoland area, and by the time I got old enough, you know, like to know what was going on, they had stopped going. Okay. Um, so I was not raised in the church.
0: Your parents had stopped going.
2: Uh, yes, and okay. my and my siblings had stopped going. Okay. Because my parents had stopped going. Okay. So, um, you know, as far as uh, my young years being exposed to um, different religions, I really didn't have a lot of influence um, besides my neighbor who was my babysitter when my mother was going back to college in the late '60s. Um, so I was, you know, four, five, six, seven years old that she was babysitting and she was Jewish. So I was getting some Jewish okay. knowledge yep. base. And then my sister-in-law, um, who married one, my oldest brother when I was quite young, um, was Catholic. Okay. And they were very... Their family was all... They had five girls and they were very religious. So I would go to Christmas service with them okay. at a Catholic church.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Um... And that was very uh, intimidating oh. as a young person, mm. not uh, being brought up in the situation and going there and, and all of the Catholic rituals.
0: So it was like legit formal, oh, super Catholic, yeah, dressed Roman, in the garb and all yeah. of that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> and so it was really intimidating for me. Um, so, you know, all through junior high and high school, I didn't have any exposure at all. Um, when I went to college, I had some friends who, uh, you know, New friends that I had met while I was at college, so uh, that were faithful. Um, and I didn't really hang a lot with them. So I didn't, and then I came to Parker, Arizona, where I was so uh, determined to succeed in my profession as a teacher and administrator that that was like way down on my priority list at that time. Yeah. So it wasn't really until my mother moved to. Arizona um, in the early '90s that I that I actually got baptized uh, because she was feeling remorseful for not having me baptized. Oh,
0: huh!
2: And all my other siblings had been baptized. So um, in 1996, um, I chose to be baptized at the Methodist Church in Parker. Okay, um, with friends of mine who uh, were. Uh, instrumental in starting that church back in the day. Okay. So uh, people that I had uh, met through Rotary, um, through the service organization, and uh, they encouraged me and I felt very comfortable with the situation. And and I did it for the wrong reasons. And so um, even though I have been following Christ for 30 plus years, it's not the same now as it was for those 30 years. Hmm. um, When I found... Red Mountain um, it totally changed my life, but then I had other issues that got in the way
0: mm. until
2: recently when I was rebaptized Gotcha so okay it's been a really long road, and it's not been uh, I haven't been faithful the entire time to you know um, this walk that mm. I am now on, so I'm feeling very blessed to mm. be here and being a part of Red mountain
0: so tell me then like what um uh, so there was a significant change in like your uh, engagement with your faith and relationship with Christ around the time you started coming to Red Mountain. Tell me like what your Perspective was on Christianity. What Christianity was to you, or what you know, who Jesus was to you, if you can describe, kind of like your your headspace and and mm-hmm. attitude and mentality about uh, those kinds of things. Well, and I think um,
2: when I was growing up, my mother was was never not spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, Christmas was baby Jesus. I mean, that's okay. how it was, and it, it was just we didn't have. A, I never went to a formal setting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, But in my home, my mom made it very clear that it was important um, to walk, but didn't push it on me. Okay. So um, I really think when I started attending the Methodist Church in Parker is when I started really feeling the relationship with um, with Jesus and, and feeling the need to understand um, the concepts and the stories and those kinds of things, but I was doing it on my own. So it wasn't the same as being in a environment where you actually talk with other people regarding what is being said or written mm. um, about everything. So I'm loving this going through the Bible mm, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Leviticus was a little interesting, <laughs> but you know, As and <laughs> yeah. I missed the sermon. I watched it yesterday cause I was at my inventory at work. Um, and so I'm so glad he, he Kyle made some comments that were like, "Oh, good, it wasn't just me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, really? Okay, this is kind of bizarre. But, um, but I really think that the this that I mean, I've I've been doing scripture note cards for 25 years, so I've got a lot of scripture note cards, and I go through. I have my meditation, my Bible reading every morning, and if I don't, I just feel off. Mm-hmm. So you know, I get up at four, so I can do that for an hour or two, depending on how long mm-hmm. it takes me to go through what I want to go through that day. Um, so I feel like the connection is there, but I don't think that until recently, um, through the adversities that I've had to go through, um, I didn't feel at peace with knowing um, that I've been redeemed and that Jesus is my Savior. Mm. I don't think that those things actually hit me until this last, until Halloween, mm. this last really? is when I was baptized okay. again, All right. so, um, which was kind of strange, but... <laughs> it is what it is. Um, you know, and I really honestly think that uh, the the trials that I have had to go through in the last two, three years, actually, um, are for a reason. I just don't know what it is. Mm. And um, it will come, I'm sure, in time um, through, um, you know, the plan that He has for me and, and... Because I don't know, I'm just hopeful and faithful and joyful and grateful.
0: Hmm. Well, let's. Uh, I want to get into that a little bit. We're we're almost kind of dancing around it now. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, so it sounds like you can correct me if 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 this is wrong. But it sounds like you really kind of grew up with an understanding of who Jesus was and kind of like the the core. Uh, gospel was you you grew up understanding that mm-hmm. um, and learning that along with ABC and One, two, three, mm-hmm. like uh, like a lot of us, myself included. But then recently there came this uh, uh, maybe a, a more precise moment you could name where that became so much more relevant and uh, uh, and essential to just your life you came into maybe a deeper trust or an intentional trust or 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 started an uh, an intentional relationship with jesus is that does that describe kind of like what mm-hmm. what we're looking at okay yep. so then um what were some significant things that led to that recent decision to really trust in jesus in in a deeper way and and how did that come about
2: um, so for 40 plus years, I'm 57, and so for 40 some years, I've been um, pretty much a functioning alcoholic. And, um, you know, went through college, got a teaching certificate, got a master's degree, was the assistant principal at a high school, quit my job because I had faith that there was something better for me to be doing, um, was a small business owner for 25 years, made it through the recession but the entire time was drinking heavily. And then when we sold the business and we moved to uh, 55 and over resort, my husband's 72 right now. Um, And so we were in this 55 and over resort for the last five years. And because I wasn't working, uh, we play. And that's what people do if you've not been to one. Um, That Tower Point is where I live. And that's one of the Calam resorts that's known for the party. Where's the party? Okay. And uh, it just spiraled out of control mm. to the point where I couldn't quit. And honestly, within the last... Uh, I've been sober for seven months. So last year at this time, I don't remember a lot of what had happened for months. Um, one of my physicians had me on Prozac and I was still drinking mm. heavily. Um, so... I honestly felt like the devil had had control. I was trying so hard to stop Mm. Um, a number of different ways to no avail. And finally, just, you know, I've got a doctorate, so I'm not a stupid person. Um, So the realization that it was a disease finally made sense to me Mm and that I had no control, so that I had to give control to something else. And for months, I thought it was the devil who Mm. had control of me. And fortunately, I had friends um, who were extremely supportive and got me help, and I went to treatment. And during that treatment, um, it was very clear to me that God had been looking over the fence the whole time and I wasn't allowing him in hmm. so now I allow him in and with his grace I have no desire to drink and I'm finally getting my life back together hmm. and walking with Jesus is the way I can do it hmm. so
0: what uh, you know you mentioned that that his grace his grace has really uh, been significant in your recovery. Um, I wonder if you can unpack that a little bit and tell me what that looked like. Maybe, it, I don't know if it took various forms or if there's something in particular that stands out, either something that was going on in your internal thought life that that, that Jesus was leading you to focus on or, or people um, or something. Uh, I'm just curious kind of what, what form that took, his grace?
2: Um, I, th- I think it was extremely, extremely helpful to be involved with the Women's Bible Study Okay. Um, and this last uh, semester. Um, you know, the, the ladies that are involved in that, um, you know, not only Janetta and Hallie, but all of the women who participate have been extremely, extremely helpful for me. And, and creating those friendships, and realizing that other people's families have the same issues, mm. and knowing that having faith um, in in something um, stronger than myself, and knowing God's will is is gonna be prevalent, <laughs> and that I need to let go and have, um, you know, not totally lose control, but less control than he mm. and um those relationships with women outside um church in and an other organization who also understand where i'm coming from i think that having been put into those situations um not of my own doing necessarily, but being allowed to experience other people having the same issues and and the empathy mm. of those other women, I think has made all the difference in the world. Mm. So I think the um, you know coming to services, being involved in in Red Mountain has has totally helped. Even though I was involved with Red Mountain prior to. Um, becoming sober, I didn't feel the same connection mm-hmm. um, with the people or with the Lord um, until you know. And actually, I went three months, four months before I got rebaptized. But as and I and I hate to say it, and it sounds cliche, but the the baptism really was a rebirth, totally for mm. me. I mean, it was coming out of the water was. The bomb. Mm. And it was, I mean, that if anything else, that was the moment mm. that decided that the rest of my life was committed to making certain that I follow God's will. And mm. I don't know what it is, but He put me here. He put me at Hobby Lobby. And I don't know why He did that either, but, um, you know, because I'm way overqualified <laughs> to mm. be working at Hobby Lobby, but I love it. Mm. Um, I mean there's challenges, but um for whatever reason, I think that he's he's watching me very closely, mm. and unfortunately i'm still dealing with a lot of the things that I had not dealt with for the last three years mm. um and so I know that i I can still be at peace because I know that i'm i'm following his will mm. so did I answer your question? Yeah, oh, no, you did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and and kind of like along the same line, I'm just kind of curious if there were any particular truths that were helpful and have been helpful for you to keep in mind as you've you know gone through the struggle to uh, come to sobriety. Uh, if there were any like truths you kept maybe coming back to, and like you know when maybe when there were setbacks or just along the way that that you found. Uh, Life-giving and um, and just giving you some kind of uh, uh, an anchor in the in all that.
2: Well, he is my rock. Um, I don't know if, if I was very pleased that we had an art exhibit um, to be able to show some work um, that I have had done in the past, actually. And I'm looking forward to being able to have some time to start doing some fresh work because um, I am an artist by. By trade. Oh, what kind? Um, Well, I did tattoos for
0: 18 years, so professionally, that's what I did. Oh, that seems like so much pressure.
2: (laughs) Like you got it? Actually, no, it was not. No, I I enjoyed it, and I really, honestly felt like that's why God put me here was for to be, because a lot of the tattoos I did were so meaningful for so many people for Mm. so many reasons, Mm. Um, and and when I had. When I could no longer tattoo, I have arthritis very bad in my hands now Okay. because of it. And when I had to stop doing that, um, kind of lost part of my soul mm. because I couldn't do that. Mm. And my husband and I had b- um, bicycle businesses okay. um, at the time, and so that engulfed my life. And so I think that that was part of my demise as far as my alcoholism because mm. I lost myself as an artist. So mm. that was very helpful having the art thing, but back to the rock. Um, one of my past all paintings that I had, um, on display was a rock mm. and the rainbow and, and, um, you know, the, um, the fact that, that, you know, Jesus is my rock and, and I know that, that he's there. And I know that as I, Need to get out of that mire, it's okay because he's there and, and he's waiting for me. And and when he wasn't there, it was very difficult um, mentally mm. and not just physically, you know, what I mean, because I, I was having physical, huge physical issues, um, you know, but m- mentally and psychologically, and, um, you know, all of the other things that the addiction of alcoholism manifests. Uh, they they just ate me up and i and once i got past the double issue that you know jesus is there and he is my rock and my salvation and i think that that's just been such a large part of my sobriety that i can't deny the fact that there's a purpose for me i just don't know what it is Hmm. other than doing the tattoos Hmm. and um you know i mean I, i have things going through my brain Every day, what what do I really want to do? But now I don't have the time. Forty eight mm. hours this last mm. week I worked, you know. <laughs> Plus I drive there and back, and it's a you know half hour drive each way. Oh, so yeah. that was you know mm. my whole week. Oh, I'd man. go home and go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'm looking down the road, and um, and and I'm I'm praying that something, um, in my in my heart. Will allow me to develop the art that will be beneficial to show how important Jesus is in in everybody's lives, not just my life. Hmm. So,
0: what uh, you know, as you're kind of sorting through, um, you know, maybe what God wants you to engage in, and uh, you know, as you're still, I'm sure there's still tremendous or at least very significant effort in maintaining sobriety, you know, um, how would you describe just kind of day to day in the midst of that, where you're at in your journey with Christ now? What do you think maybe, what do you speculate God might be doing in your, in your life at the moment? Um,
2: I have, um, with going through the Bible I have a daily planner now that I'm using, and so every day I write something down that I need to bring to the people that I am exposed to that day. Um, joy is my theme for the for the year. Um, you know, Jesus, others, and yourself. So uh, it, it's been one of my goals when I read my daily scripture to find the one I have like eight cards of Scripture per day now because I keep adding to it. So Mm -hmm. I've got, you know, every day my box has to get bigger now because they don't all fit. So I bring one of those with me to work. Um, When we did the Bible study, I had written out a whole bunch of cards as well. So every day I get to work, I pull out another card. And so I take two cards in with me to work. And um, Hobby Lobby is a a very Christian organization. Um, A lot of the women that work there, mostly women work there um are of different faiths um but it's a very positive environment to be in and it's comfortable to say merry christmas mm. in a retail setting mm. which it's not always mm. in other retail settings um it's comfortable you know to um say have a blessed day mm. when somebody leaves um, you know I cashier on occasion and um the interactions that i have with people i think I have been more conscious of making it clear that I am a follower of Jesus and mm. that they need to consider it. Mm. So, um, you know, I mean, I think it's just those little things that people say to you um, or do for you um, can make the, that day so much better for that person that might be going through Lord knows what. Mm-hmm. Um, in that particular instance, that you're in contact with them, hmm. so um, that's one of the things that I feel very strongly about this year, being very conscious of doing. Uh, and it's not that I wasn't doing those things when I was drinking; mm-hmm. it's that I was more self-absorbed than I am now. Huh. And I think that um, that might be one of that might be the only goal that Jesus has, or that God has for me to do between now and going home, hmm. you know, um,
1: I don't know.
0: Becky, did you have any, uh, uh, thoughts or comments or questions you wanted to add in?
1: I do have a couple. Um, the community piece I think is so huge. And you talked about how you had participate, participated at red mountain prior to mm-hmm. your baptism and then how women's ministry was so integral in, um, in your sobriety and support and just that's a passion of mine the the community piece and having people know that we're all broken mm-hmm. and um that that we all need that interaction with one another so kind of i guess I want to want you to be a bit of an ambassador for a minute. And like, what would you say to the person out there who is maybe attending and they have something that they feel is like unacceptable hmm. maybe in the church? And what would your encouragement be to them? You know, since day one, I have just felt really comfortable here. Um,
2: when I first moved to Mesa, I started attending a Methodist church because that was what I knew. And um, in watching some other podcasts and finding out, you know, when people move, they find a church. And that's not what I did. I didn't really go looking for churches. And um, one of the ladies in Bible study who's been here for 30 years recently moved. And um, she was talking about looking for a new church. And ironically, the reason I found Red Mountain when I did was because I was looking for an AA meeting. And apparently back in the day, and this was like 2017, they were still listed. It was still listed that there was an AA meeting here. Oh. And um, I couldn't find a time or anything, so I started going to a different meeting. But I did come here to go to church instead of going to my church that I had already become a member and doing service work and driving the short bus and you know picking Older people up that couldn't drive to get to church and that kind of stuff, and it was that just that first landing here, um, that first day, and I sat up where I sit all the time, right up front, and Kyle said something. It would, and I can't, I don't know exactly what he said, but he made me feel so comfortable. If this is your first time here, know that you know that the Lord put you here for a reason. I mean, it was that simple, and it was like wow Mm. yeah i get goosebumps just saying it Mm. because it was like i felt at home already Mm. and i didn't even need those other relationships at that time Mm. i just started coming and then i did the memberships and and you know got involved and did all the rest of the stuff and love it and now i have my neighbors come and i'm bringing people from my 55 and over resort believe it or not Mm. (laughs) you know um but I really think that the community aspect of this church is so much different than what I had been accustomed to at the Methodist church that I was attending. And there were no youth things at that church. Okay. And as an educator by trade, I'm an artist educator. I taught art. That was okay. what I did um, in my educational career. Um, You know, just knowing that the kids are coming in and they're learning and they're seeing Jesus and they're understanding concepts that I never had the opportunity to learn when I was their age. Mm. I just thought that was just, that was the bomb. That Mm. was, you know, I love coming and seeing at the coffee house in the morning before church, seeing the kids. Mm. And I would have never thought to myself that I would have been in an auditorium Mm
0: -hmm. setting
2: for a sanctuary that I mm-hmm. was was never something that I even thought about. Um, my dad used to watch um, Robert Schuller and the uh, what was it the gar- the glass what was it called
1: Crystal Cathedral. Christ- Crystal oh, Cathedral. Okay.
2: Yes, yeah, so Sunday mornings that was what I was exposed to on on a Sunday morning when I was at the house when my dad was still alive, um, which to me just seemed so not. Right, mm. and and, and um, not that it isn't right, but it was just didn't seem to be the the religion that I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not comparing the, us to them, but I I really think that this is my niche now. I mean, mm. it's it's not the the formality that the Methodist Church you know had. I love the organ, I love it. You know, at the Methodist Church that I attended, but. It's not the rock band, you know? and it's not the drums um, or the sax or the, uh, the harp. You know, I mean, it's just, it's totally different. Um, and it's so comfortable. And I think that that's the reason that my husband, who actually was raised, and we were talking about this this morning as I was reading through your questions to him, so he got an understanding, he finally started coming to Red Mountain with me. Um, I think he's probably been here six times now. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So since I made him come to the baptism (laughs) 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 and I had a group of people that came from, you know, my, my friends that don't attend the church. And from that, I have two friends that now attend, um, Red Mountain and he has been coming with me, but, uh, he was raised, uh, as a Mormon Okay. and, um, was a Jack Mormon after his first divorce. Okay. And, um, his three children that I helped raise, none of them have been um, involved in, in a church religion um, at all. And part of that was, you know, they were um, right at teenage age when I married my husband. Okay. So uh, they had already been raised and they came to live with us when they were a problem. So, but all that to say this I think that it's a comfortable enough situation where my kids who are not exposed to church my husband who is not exposed to church my neighbors who hadn't been to church in years all feel comfortable when they come into the sanctuary here mm. and when they and they see Kyle and they see people wearing you know ball caps and t-shirts and flip-flops it's all cool and it's not about the pomp and circumstance it's about
1: <clears throat> following Jesus mm. so yeah. my second question you kind of already answered but um your party central is where you're living and we <laughs> <Rock band>, have uh, <laughs> a band every night three to five man i didn't know that i had oh this to look gosh. forward to oh <laughs> my
2: gosh so i and no responsibilities
1: these people don't work you <laughs> <Nice>. know <laughs> i'm sorry no you're good so you've completely changed um your participation in the uh drinking part of that um i guess a twofold question what kind of feedback have you gotten, and you've already indicated that you are inviting people and bringing them here? Mm-hmm. um so a lot of times people are feeling like, "Hey, well, my situation is what dictates my life, mm-hmm. and you're showing, well, actually, no, that's not true." Mm-hmm. It, that Jesus is what's dictating your life. So mm-hmm. just a little bit of feedback about that.
2: You know, it's I, I was really concerned because I got sober. Uh-huh. I, I chose a date to go to rehab, um, which was my parents' wedding anniversary, July 5th. Um, and they've been deceased for quite some time. My dad was um, a World War II vet with a double purple heart, so he had PTSD uh, mm-hmm. before they actually recognized it and he died at 68 so I was only 26 Mm. but the entire time I was growing up as a teenager I was out of the house as much as I could be because he was he worked and he supported our five myself and my siblings you know in a middle-class suburbia home but when he got home he would make his picture of Manhattan and then proceed to drink the entire thing Um, so it was not I mean I grew up in an alcoholic family so when I got sober, after being four years with these other people who don't acknowledge that they're alcoholics that are drinking every you know quarter beers every night at you know, whose house are we going to before we go to the party? Um, I was concerned that when they all came back, because they're not all there, there's only a thousand of us that li- a hundred of us out of a thousand units that live there year-round. So they've been, they're all gone. Okay. So then they're all starting to come back October, November, December. I'm just thankful that I had gotten the job that I did when I got it because as they started to migrate into the community, I was gone and I was gone. You know for two months i was gone part-time and then i was full-time so now i don't now they're just in my now they're an annoyance because they're in my way when i'm trying to get home because carts are carts <laughs> everywhere but i was concerned because i know that all of my friends that i had last spring are heavy drinkers hmm. and that's what you do you ride your bike to the bar you ride your bicycle to the next bar you go to you go out to paddle and then you're you know you're You got beers in the boat, you got alcohol in the boat, you've got, you know, you got your picnic all set up, you got the alcohol in the truck for when you're done. I mean, it was just, that's how we lived. Hmm. And so, um, thankfully, my husband um, agreed to stop drinking, so he does not drink in the house at all right now either. But I think that the relationships that I have with those people have pretty much ceased, and I think they probably think I'm a Bible thumper Hmm. more than they know um, I, I don't think, um, it, it's not like they're, they're be, they're not ignoring me, but they're not inviting me, Sure, you know, and my husband's there 24 seven, so he knows everybody and he's a fitness guru. So he's like Jack LaLanne and I don't know if you know who Jack
0: don't, Sorry, <laughs> he was like
2: from the fifties. He was okay. the bodybuilder, like before Arnold. Okay. Um, and but so he's, that's his age group would okay. be in the seventies. Um so he, he still has all of those relationships with all of those people, and I just don't um, because I'm not there. And so it was a good excuse, actually, because now I'm at work mm. or I'm at church, mm-hmm. and they know that. So, you know, is it Sunday? No, I can't go. I'm going to church. And now Eddie can't go either because he's coming to church. Nice. <laughs> so it's all, is it 9 o'clock or 10.30 is now the deciding factor. So mm-hmm. nice. I did stop doing the Bible tracks because... He doesn't want to do that, so i'm I don't want to push it yeah. <laughs> with him, but um you know, encouraging other people to come, I think it, once they're in the door on a Sunday and they see what it is, I mm. think that they're a lot more um, not willing but um relieved of mm. the stress factor mm. that I think a lot of people have about going to church, mm, yeah the stigma of church,
0: yeah,
1: and you've already got gotten two Mm -hmm. people to join you here Mm -hmm. yeah sweet yeah
0: that's great well thank you so much for just your willingness to to talk about both light things and heavy things with us and just kind of like open up and share you know some very personal stuff that's been going on but i I think it's uh uh, bound to be an encouragement um to a, a number of people that are listening who can maybe relate in very specific ways or just having similar parallel experiences with different things in life so it's a, it's a big deal that, that you shared what you shared so thank you very much Joey thank Well thank
2: you for having me and I don't think it was a big deal it really it it makes me feel good if if somebody if only one person hears this and can relate and understand that it's it is a disease and it's you know um, it's God's will to get you better hmm. so Awesome.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So, Becky, what uh, stood out to you? If there's maybe one thing um, from our conversation with Joey,
1: well, I think it was the community piece um, that that she expressed uh, throughout our time talking, or her time talking, and. Uh, it it seemed like, you know, her involvement here at Red Mountain had, had begun and she was doing a couple of things. And then it was with women's ministry and specifically the Bible study component that where she really felt connected and supported. And so that just, I'm, I'm encouraged by that. I'm impressed by that, that um, in the midst of a difficult situation for her where she was struggling um she persevered mm. and um she wasn't actually you know just waiting for everybody else to come to her but she she kept on and and found this place to be a a place where people were compassionate caring um but really clicked then with with the women's ministry and so I think that's important. I think that's an encouragement to us to um, kind of pursue community, because as she expressed, and I think many others would as well, it's such a big deal when we can talk to one another, when we can be in conversation as we're finding now as we read through the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, That's such a big deal. But really throughout all of life, um, just as we're walking with Jesus to, to sharpen one another, to encourage one another.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, the thing that maybe stood out to me is is uh, connected to that a bit, and that is the. I mean, just I was just reminded um, of how grateful I am for the very appropriate and uh, biblical emphasis on grace at Red Mountain that uh, that the leadership is aiming for, and that we as a, a body are hopefully all aiming for, that enables someone to come into this place. And when they would perhaps expect judgment and shaming mm. about something that they're hesitant to share, instead would find that there's not shock and clutching of pearls and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but but just kind of a sober understanding and acknowledgement that, okay, you know, maybe I don't have the th- same thing going on that you've got going on, but I got my stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and we all are here because we need Jesus and, and having that kind of mentality and atmosphere that allows for that, that, that kind of community aspect that you're talking about where it's, yes, we're together, we're in the same room and we're talking about things, but there's also because of this uh, this uh, endeavor to biblically emphasize grace, there's, when we're in that setting, um, a value to share those things openly without fearing judgment or uh or, or criticism, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that's something that I, I I think I have taken for granted a number of times that red that is true of red mountain and and other churches you know do this as well, but it's it's, it's not near as common as you know I think it it should be, mm-hmm. and so I continue to be grateful for what Red Mountain is aiming for and what we are you know all hopefully aiming for together, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, All right. Well, guys, that's it for this episode of the Red Mountain Community Church podcast. You can follow Red Mountain Community Church on Instagram and Facebook, where you can also leave us comments and suggestions to help make the show better. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so that you don't miss out on the next episode. In the meantime, I'm Peter Franson. And I'm Becky Biebelheimer. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on Sunday.